This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. Amazon announced it's canceling plans to build a second headquarters in New York City. The e-commerce giant decided to pull out after mounting pressure from community organizations who feared the impact a new corporate campus would have in Long Island, Queens, especially to low-income people. Many lawmakers were critical of the tax breaks that Amazon was promised, upwards of $3 billion. But with HQ2 New York no longer happening, that means the area will also not get 25,000 new jobs, many being high-paying tech ones. Governor Andrew Cuomo and New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio had both worked to get this deal for New York. Cuomo is said to be furious at local politicians for derailing the deal, while de Blasio put the blame on the company, releasing a statement saying, quote, We gave Amazon the opportunity to be a good neighbor and to do business in the greatest city in the world. Instead of working with the community, Amazon threw away that opportunity, end quote. Amazon says they will proceed with HQ2 plans in Northern Virginia and Nashville. With more on the decision, we are joined on the phone by Susan Wachter, professor of real estate and finance here at the Wharton School. She is also co-director of the Penn Institute for Urban Research. Also joining us, Billy Riggs, assistant professor in the School of Management at the University of San Francisco. Susan, Billy, thank you for your time today. My pleasure. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, Susan, this, I mean, it certainly looks like it is a missed opportunity for a variety of people here. Is that how you see it? It is a missed opportunity. Uh, But on the other hand, life will go on for both Amazon and Long Island City. Uh, It's in some ways, I think, more indicative of this uh, national secretive beauty contest. Whether that will go on is another question. Surrounding all the types of tax breaks that companies tend to get when they're moving into a particular territory. Right. Billy, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think it's uh, illustrative of the complexities of um, you know getting uh, jobs and job growth done at the local level these days. And um, I, I agree with Susan that that this. Uh, there will be other opportunities uh, for the city of New York and for Amazon, as we we know that's going to happen in Nashville, and uh, I think it's called uh, a capital landing. But what about Long Island City? What about that particular area as well and the build-out that potentially could have been there for them, Billy? Yeah, I think it, it, it is a, a little bit of a, a regeneration um, missed opportunity, um, a chance to really uh, create a uh, a job center, you know, the first thing that comes to mind in my mind is, is the parallel in Boston and, and what happened uh, after the big dig. Uh, we had this opening up of, uh, of the whole uh, Bay Area. And I think it's um, at this point, uh, it is a, is a little bit of a, a urban regeneration missed opportunity as well as the, the you know, 25,000 jobs is, is a pretty significant. And my understanding is Many of them were, were potentially human jobs. That was uh, that Cuomo had insisted on hiring uh, union workers, which um, is a big loss for um, for that sector. So, Susan, I mean, obviously, this is a story that has played out or a version of this story has played out in a variety of, of locations around the United States. The state of South Carolina has obviously done very well in the last few years by being able to draw companies to come to that state and be able to. They, the companies themselves have been able to get tax breaks uh, so that they can uh, that they can have an added benefit of of coming into this area. It, it's it's a story that is not an unfamiliar one to to many cities, states, and companies. 
Yeah, that's, that is absolutely correct. And it's not unfamiliar these days. Quite the contrary. It's happening uh, more and more. We're not at the very beginning of this, and we're nowhere near the end as cities revitalize and bring back jobs. Tech jobs are increasingly in cities. Uh, Silicon Valley, of course, is um, is over the brim uh, with, test, uh, with, with text jobs, as Billy quite knows. But it's not just Silicon Valley. The Silicon Valley is across the U.S. in major cities and up-and-coming cities. So we are going to see these kind of interesting uh, playouts, and they will hopefully play out better in other areas as we go forward. Billy? If I could just add to that, the, um, you know, I think what we're seeing is, uh, particularly with, with many uh, tech companies, but also uh, many industries, that, that are established that want to expand is that um, you have to um, to be working with, with local and state government and particularly listening to the constituents you're going to impact. And um, I think a lot of this really relates back to some of the acute uh, housing and transportation issues that we haven't paid attention to for uh, for many years and kind of the um, the degenerative effects we've had on, on our cities. And uh, without um, listening to those constituencies, I do think it's going to be very difficult for companies to continue to expand at the rate they are. Um, like Susan said, this, is, this game is not over, but I think, do think it is becoming more important to listen and partner with local communities that will be impacted by these job infusions. Well, I, I think, Billy, the interesting part about this story, and, and this is my perspective looking at it from the outside, is that you have this, this deal that obviously was being pushed by Governor Cuomo and Mayor de Blasio, but now looking back at it, you have a variety of politicians, local, state, and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is one of the people that is uh, is happy that Amazon is not going there, that seemingly did not have much input as this process was going along. Now, part of this with, with Amazon was going on before Ocasio-Cortez was uh, was even elected to, to her seat in the House. Yes, there's no, no question that there was a shift in the political frame right as this was going forward. So the rise of the progressives was happening as this was in place, but not completely in place. So that's one piece of it. But another piece of it is that you really can't negotiate publicly with the local constituents when you're doing a secretive, uh, we are looking for the best deal we can get, and we're not going to reveal where we're looking and what those deals are. So by the very uh, nature, by the very intrinsic nature of what they were attempting, they were setting themselves up. Amazon was setting itself up for failure. Because what's necessary in all these deals is not just to deal with, and not even mainly to deal with, the state uh, government and even the, uh, the the mayor of New York, which is, after all, quite a large place. Right. But the locals, it's the locals that are going to be impacted. The locals are going to be impacted in terms of their housing op- options. The locals are going to be impacted in terms of their uh, transportation congestion effects. And it's what's really... Um, quite interesting about this, because Amazon is such a sophisticated company, is that there probably would have been a deal that could have been made, because the affordable housing and the um, upgrade of the the subway station could probably, with all the billions of dollars, could have been pushed towards that, which was very needed, and uh, could have been a win-win-win. The state politicians certainly would have gone for that, and the locals, if part of the negotiation, they could have won as well. So, Susan, you put a, a certain level of the culpability in this on Amazon themselves. Absolutely. But in some sense, it was 
intrinsic to the setup. It was a, a structural flaw of the way they were looking at this in the first place. Now, of course, there are benefits in the way they were looking at this. They were doing a national beauty contest, a national tournament, if you will, which was going to get them a lot of different offers. That put them in the driver's seats in a negotiation process where they had all the cards on the table. They, they knew all the information, and all those who they were negotiating with had none of the information of what their competitors were offering. So this seemingly put Amazon in the best possible place. But of course, it was the best possible place except for the most important, which is you are actually going to locate not in a state, not in a city, but in a specific spot, right. in a state, in a city. And if there are people there, those are the people who are going to be impacted, and those are the people, and their, and their community um, uh, representatives, those are the people that you're going to not need to speak with. It's interesting that um, Capital Landing in Washington, there's none of this really, or very little, and that's because it's basically a mall. There aren't people there. That's a fine strategy if you're dealing with a place, and then you're trying to get and, and bring jobs yeah. to Arlington, no problem. Bringing jobs to Virginia, no problem. That's when you speak to the mayor and the governor. But if you're bringing congestion and higher housing prices, you've got to get the buy-in of the local community. Billy? Well, I think we have to also remember that, um, you know, we have to separate the politicization, the politicalization of this um, with the real levers that can be used for economic development. And um, the fact is, is that the lever, you know, tax incentives are a lever that we use at the, the local level, and they will continue to be a, a lever. Um, but I think what's being confused as well in the in the media is that, uh, to a certain degree, um, you know, there are different levers that we use for job creation as opposed to, uh, you know, building a transit line as opposed to incentivizing housing. And I think it's you know this is um, both an art and a science. And I think that gets lost by making uh, some of the there's the statements about corporate greed and and you know the power of the richest people in the world, um, and and it gets lost that, that we actually do have to run these cities, and job growth are, is important, and um, incentives are an important strategy to make that happen. And I think what's there was a, a deeper politicization politicalization of this process that also uh, might have. Uh, have made it a, a bit more difficult for local um, residents to to pilot what was being cast as a as a really bad deal for the region. But Susan, I, I almost think that it, when you look at, at what occurred, that obviously you have Amazon as a big company that they believe that they should get X, Y, and Z, or you know, over the course of any deal. But I almost get the sense that New York City kind of had a little bit of that same mentality as well of, hey, you want to come to our city? Well, we want X, Y, and Z from you in the process. And and both are valid because this is a negotiation and this is a um, a coming together or not of uh, of two entities and determining whether they're going to have a good impact on each other is really a joint decision. Yeah. My problem with it, it wasn't is not that it's a joint decision, is that the other players on the uh, on the New York side would have been locals, and they were not at the table. So the joint was missing, you know, on the other side. It's not just the state. It's not just the city. It's the locals. But what really made this as a potential, and what, you know, we, we were talking about this earlier, actually, uh, on this show, was um, New York is looking for tech jobs. New York right. has tech jobs, and they need more to uh, make this a, a, a real tech center, taking advantage of the pieces that are already there, including Roosevelt Island. So 
the I think this was mesmerizing to the governor and the city because this was and the mayor because this was such a potential win for solidifying and pushing for the future and a tech cluster and a tech cluster that would be related uh, to uh, to to, uh, to to retail to lo- to logistics all of which are part of the uh, nascent uh, tech in New York so this this had so much aspects of win-win. And so what is a, um, in contrast to the 27 billion or so jobs, uh, worth of jobs of 150,000, 25,000 jobs of $150,000 each, what is the 3 billion actually um, in, in related to that? And right. Amazon is looking for profits, ultimately. It's a private company. It's looking for profits. But what both Amazon and New York are looking for are for Amazon profits in the long run, and New York for job creation from clusters that will prosper in the long run. These two entities had to have a future that they both were buying into for the sake of each other. That kind of partnership perhaps was not as much at the table as it should have been along with these other missing partners. But how much when, when these types of deals, Susan, are, are, are being formulated, and you mentioned about the, the $3 million in tax breaks, there's been some reporting out there, at least a mindset among some people, that it was basically going to be a $3 billion check that, that the New York City was going to write to Amazon, which is really not the case. They, they were going to have to earn the right to be able to get that $3 billion of tax breaks, which is, is a component for a lot of these deals, correct? Absolutely. And that's, in a sense, a kind of keeping your feet to the fire. So it's kind of an incentivizing. So from that perspective, it is part of the potential win-win. But from a sticker shock uh, initial headline approach, it certainly does fuel the uh, richest man in the world, one of the richest companies. Why are we giving them a break? Well, because that's part of competition. And it isn't just a break. It's a break for performance. But that could have been far better explained. It just wasn't because it looked like we were we're winning this incredible contest of 200. So why do we even need to set forth why this is a game for us? So, Billy, then where do we stand here? I, I mentioned before yeah. that Amazon is, has already said that, that, that they're going to continue on with, uh, with Northern Virginia and Nashville. But you have this, I guess, this expectation of where do these 25,000 jobs go? Where does this building go? Can it can it occur in Northern Virginia? Can it occur in Nashville? Or is one of these uh, these 19 cities that didn't make the cut, uh, or 18 cities, I guess, that didn't make the cut in the original decision, do they actually have a chance to, you know, to, to be the, uh, the, the, uh, the, the, the great winner in this? Yeah, without question, I think that, you know, Amazon has, has gathered data from hundreds of cities around the country, and they're going to be able to tactically um, look at, at where the best situation for them is going to be, whether or not that's uh, Nashville or the, the greater D.C. area. But uh, to a certain degree, they're going to be able to optimize uh, based on uh, job type as well. Uh, but I do think that it's important to keep in mind, and this plays right into what Susan was saying, that um, New York is not out of the game. Amazon may, may still uh, invest in job growth in New York. Um, it's important to keep in mind that uh, they actually really, um, you know, demonstrated that they can play ball with the Silicon Valley. Um, you know, the two billion dollars in basically incentives uh, or incentive-based um, reimbursements 
And then a billion dollars, um, you know, a billion dollars of the tax subsidies were already existing on the books in New York. And they were right. they were based on the Relocation and Employment Assistance Program. And I believe that uh, it was an a industrial commercial abatement uh, program. And so, you know, those tax breaks are still there. So I would say, you know, New York is still open for business. Um, there are many other markets, you know, these days. I think, you know, Chicago is looking very attractive to people. Um, a lot of, uh, I think, the Rust Belt cities, which, uh, you know, are investing in infrastructure, the same type of of rail and, uh, you know, trucking infrastructure that um, sometimes we've taken for granted over the last 100 years and we've let slip away. So I do think that um, there is a huge opportunity to, to see growth. And I'd say, you know, my gut is a lot of it happens uh, maybe in middle America. Susan? Well, I actually think that New York is still a player, as Billy was saying. I still think they're in the game, uh, but I think it's going to be more of a stealth expansion, more like Google uh, and Apple, which are expanding in New York. But you wouldn't know it. You don't see any headlines on that. It's going to occur anyway. It's going to occur with uh, a building here, a building there, clearly, of course, connected in some ways. And uh, you can't... Amazon cannot ignore New York. I don't think they will. I think, if anything, uh, I would expect over the longer run, New York absolutely will gain jobs, not the 25,000, but they absolutely will gain Amazon jobs from this, but not in Long Island City. I also think that the question of which is the second headquarters, uh, that's still up for grabs. Right now, it's the second headquarters is Washington, D.C. Right. When Amazon has... Arlington, what Amazon has uh, demonstrated here is that uh, they understand the power of not being locked into one city. They know that this is not going to be stable for their future. They do not want to be a hostage from one city. That was the rationale from the very beginning. So I think that this will be a continuous look. Maybe it will be Washington, will be Arlington, Washington, D.C. that evolves as the second magnet. Maybe it'll be Nashville. Maybe it still will be a third place that we we don't know of. I would bet on one of the one of these two, Nashville, Washington, and still New York, but more of a stealth play. What do, what does this also do, Susan, for New York City? And I say that from the comments that I read from from Mayor De Blasio, which were a little bit of a shot across the bow at, at Amazon. Well, I think uh, De Blasio had no choice but to position it. Uh, that way, I think that others are positioning it somewhat else, some other ways, like um, Cuomo saying, we'll go on, you know, we, we miss this and it's too bad and, you know, some finger pointing, obviously, but we will go on. And I think as uh, tempers calm down, everyone will be saying, we will go on and they will make friends again. So I think that, uh, and de Blasio won't always be mayor, I think he's trying to, um, uh, and, and rightfully so, uh, be apologetic almost for his own constituency. And why didn't he see this coming? He really, really should have seen this coming. And again, I think in this um, great uh, hurrah of being picked, it was hard, It was easy to, uh, to miss the, well, did we really want to be picked? And did everyone? These kind of negotiations, particularly in New York, are usually extremely intensive and extremely hands-on. So uh, it it takes some explaining, and of course, one way of explaining it is just simply saying that why didn't we continue negotiating? Why didn't Amazon continue with us? You know, that's why one way of doing it. That's us. That's New York. Negotiate with us. Play with us. Right. If you can do it, you can do it anyway. So why not? But of course, the answer is from Amazon's perspective. 
they do not want to be held hostage anywhere. That's their message. That's why they started this from the first place in terms of moving out of Seattle. So why would they be in a situation where they have to give up more? That's the message that they're sending. You can understand that also. You can understand New York's tempers will cool down, and there will be a place in New York for Amazon not as big to begin with. But, Billy, that that would probably have to include a lot more conversation with a lot more politicians and community leaders. Well, I, I do think so. I think there's, um, you know, there's a dis- in, intrinsic uh, need for, um, you know, for corporate leaders to understand that um, you just can't bully your way into development these days. Um, I think there's a there's a lesson for um, the C-suite and Amazon that they they need to continue to be very deliberate in terms of how they are going to impact the communities they're going to enter. Um, and they you know we have now two good examples of Amazon uh, basically um, uh, positioning itself. Uh, and so first with the Seattle corporate head tax um, issue, which yeah. had happened last year, and now. Uh, with this and and really perhaps not uh, paying the fair share for ter- for their for their impacts in terms of, of rail and potential gentrifying impacts, so I do think that there's um, there's a distinct uh, takeaway that Amazon leadership can say, and you know I think that there are other examples out there, and you know uh, between Genentech and Google and Facebook where we're seeing more. Um, active partnership and even investment uh, in communities that they're in, uh, investment in rail lines. Um, and that's that's nothing new. That's been done uh, um, in London and, and in Berlin and in, in New York. Um, so I, I think this idea of the future of expansion and public-private partnership may be something that uh, is a good takeaway, not only for Amazon, but for other corporations. Well, and, and Susan, with uh, what Billy mentioned about what had happened uh, la- uh, last year uh, out in Seattle with the tax issue, uh, and now this, and there have been other instances where Amazon has not exactly been in the greatest light, it does put them under a, a little bit more of a microscope, doesn't it? Oh, Absolutely. And this is uh, a lesson for all of corporate America. No one really wants to be in the spot that Amazon has found itself in. I mean, look at its stock price. <laughs> that will say it right there. Yeah. And uh, the uh, reputational effects are, 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 are simply not good for the long run. They must take a lesson from this. And it is not just for them. And the, the future in our increasingly prosperous cities and our increasingly gentrifying cities is that the must attend to the housing affordability, the transportation. Those issues can have to be first on the table, not an afterthought. And the the housing issue, Susan, was going to be, I think, a, a significant one as well in terms of the cost of housing in that particular uh, part of New York City, what having that Amazon building or that, that campus there would have done to housing prices for people that m- may not be able to take a significant increase in what they would be paying for rent or ownership of a house. Absolutely. And the area wasn't as though it was a blank slate, a a. a dead mall or an empty industrial facility. This is an area that's quite dense and built up with many renters who were absolutely at risk of being priced out of of their homes. So it's not as though there wasn't some fundamentally correct positioning of the existing community in terms of how will this affect us. And that, that needs to I think Amazon was looking for a lot of different things, and what they really got excited about was talent. 
but exactly where the talent is, that's where the housing cost pressures will be going forward, and that needs to be attended to as well. Billy? Oh, I think we, yes. I mean, I, I could not agree more that the um, that talent pool was attractive, but I think we also have to keep in mind that these companies, um, they're, they, it's not like every one of the company makes the same uh, income. And, uh, you know, part of the challenge with having multiple campuses is there are, is a temp- temptation to match um, you know, engineering talent in your high-cost markets and support talent in uh, other markets. And I think that this is going to be a really big um, dialogue when we think about uh, corporate location strategy going forward in, in terms of, you know, how can you have um, a functional campus uh, without having uh, job diversity even within your own company? Uh, and that job diversity does need a diverse um, housing footprint and a diverse housing inventory. And so, you know, a lot of these companies should want uh, a robust and I would say very diverse uh, house, local housing market uh, just because it su- supports um, a diverse footprint in terms of their uh, their talent pool. Everyone from the, the service sector worker um, that's actually helping support the software engineering uh, talent to the p- folks in marketing or HR or, or sales, and I think that, that you know, just to um, treat these um, these all as one type of job um, even uh, makes this more of a simple issue because it is very uh, complex, and it takes right. a complex urban ecosystem to support such a, a complex company. Great having you both with us. Thank you, Susan. As always, Billy, great to have you with us. Thank you both. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Susan Wachter from uh, here at the Wharton School and the University of Pennsylvania, co-director of the Penn Institute for Urban Research, Billy Riggs at the University of San Francisco. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.